1: Uh, Bengals fans, and welcome to another episode of the Locked On Bengals podcast. It is officially the off season, Joe. And like I said yesterday, we know who's picking right in front of the Cincinnati Bengals at 32, and that's the Kansas City Chiefs, the winner of the Super Bowl. I talked about all that yesterday on our first segment of the show before we got into Mock Draft Monday. Today, we have a little bit of news to update the good people on, and then we're going to take a look at the two Super Bowl teams in a little bit of detail, look at some of the moves they made to get to the point they got to and talk about which of those teams might be a model the Bengals can emulate. But as always, we'll catch you up on a little bit of news we have here first. And this will probably be the last Bengals news we have for quite a while. So let's get into it. We'll start with a bit of coaching news to update Bengals fans on. The Bengals have hired Colt Anderson to replace Braden Coombs as the assistant special teams coordinator, and this will be his first time as a coach. He was playing in the NFL just a few years ago in 2017. He's 34 years old. He went undrafted out of Montana in
0: 2009, played with the Vikings, Eagles, Colts, and Buffalo Bills most recently, a safety and special teams player. You may remember Colt Anderson from 2015 when the Patriots were in Indianapolis and coach Chuck Pagano called a fake punt on fourth and three late in the third quarter, and it had just Griff Whalen snapping the ball to Colt Anderson with nobody blocking for him at all, and it famously failed in spectacular fashion.
1: That was not the highlight of his career, but he is known to be a very good special teams player generally. That is what people are writing about him as he's been hired for the first time to be a coach. And this is not the first person the Bengals have added to the coaching staff to be in their first real coaching opportunity. Dan Pitcher is getting his first opportunity to coach a position. He was the assistant quarterbacks coach last year and game manager coach, game situation coach. This year he'll be the quarterbacks coach for the first time. So there will be a couple of young rookie coaches. On a generally inexperienced Zach Taylor staff, but of course they did balance that with a few experienced hires this winter as well. And we'll see how they all fit together into a mostly cohesive, continuous coaching staff that carries over for the Bengals from a tumultuous 2019 season. Now, at the end of 2019, the Bengals did make a waiver claim that has finally been processed... And that's cornerback Tony Brown, who was an undrafted free agent originally with the San Diego Chargers, Los Angeles Chargers, I think originally with the San Diego Chargers though, right? Probably, yeah, for 2018. And then went to Green Bay for a couple of years and now he will be a Cincinnati Bengal And, and he's highly thought of as an upside player. He comes out of Alabama and has graded well for PFF in his action.
0: Yeah, and he's six foot, 200 pounds, ran a four three five. so they're getting size and speed. I think that's definitely something they want back there. Played 290 snaps in 2018 for Green Bay, just 47 last year before being waived. Uh, typically, he's graded pretty well as a tackler for PFF, so uh, get us a little bit of size, a little bit of strength, a little bit of tackling with some speed.
1: Yeah, that kind of profile at corner tends to work out more often than a smaller guy that can't run fast. Obviously, he has the measurables he needs and he'll see if he can pick up the technique and the rest of the game. And this is a second free agent cornerback. The Bengals have acquired this offseason to go along with Winston Rose, who came from the CFL. So the Bengals recognizing perhaps the value of the cornerback position and the volatility they have at that position with Dre Kirkpatrick potentially fighting for a roster spot, potentially a cap casualty, BW Webb, a replaceable player, and Darquez Denard, a free agent. Then the only other guy. Outside of William Jackson, who has one year left on his deal, is Darius Phillips, who's flashed upside, but you can't really go into the season with him as your only outside corner.
0: And get used to the Bengals making waiver claims. They own the number one waiver priority from now until week three, through week three of the regular season. So once we get down to cut downs and all the waivers that happen at the end of summer, going into week one and week one. Uh, that's when the Bengals should be able to acquire a few players to round out the bottom of the roster.
1: Yeah, those waiver priority rankings will change based on the standings after week three has completed. But until then, as Joe mentioned, the Bengals have the top priority. So if there's a player passing through waivers that the Bengals are interested in, there's really no reason that they can't go out and add him to the roster. So hopefully that is a useful roster building tool for this team as they continue to rebuild heading into the 2020 season. So waiver claims, of course, one way to build a team with the castoffs of others, and it can be very useful, but we're going to take a look in the next couple segments here at how Kansas City and San Francisco went about putting their rosters together for their Super Bowl runs. But before that, I'm going to tell you about our third time returning sponsor, Abco Safety, the safety distributor located in Cincinnati. Several of you have bought some cool stuff. From Abco Safety. You can check out their inventory at www.abcosafety.com. Maybe Bob, who's our Abco safety guy, will even write you a personalized note. They've partnered with 3M to sponsor the podcast. So if you need any safety equipment, give them a call. And if you're a corporate customer, they'll save you money with a corporate discount. Joe, what are you looking at today? I clicked on categories and then kitchen caught my
0: eye. I wanted to see what they had there. And it's office supplies that, you know, if you have a kitchen in your office or anything like that, especially the coffee and the creamers and the cups, all the necessary things to keep you going, especially after halftime.
1: Again, you can check out their full inventory at www.abcosafety.com. Keep in mind those are retail prices. And if you're a corporate customer, they'll establish corporate pricing for you. Give them a call 513-672-1818 and mention Locked On Bengals so they know you came from the podcast and you might get that sweet personalized note. If you've been a listener of the Locked On Bengals podcast, you've heard the great advertisers like Abco Safety, Tourism Arizona, and the Epic Hotel down in Miami who have worked with us to reach Bengals fans. We are a great way for you to reach out and get in touch with local podcast listeners, our local locked on podcast listeners, predominantly a male audience, well-educated, and most importantly, they have disposable income money to spend. So if you want to connect with Bengals fans to come make some purchases from your local business, we have an opportunity right now for you. Text the word advertising to 33777 or visit locked on slash advertising and let us know who you are. We'll get our team to help your team achieve Locked On advertising success. Once again, text the word advertising to 33777 or visit LockedOnPodcast.com slash advertising. We look forward to hearing from you.
0: The San Francisco 49ers won the NFC West behind maybe the best offensive play caller in the league. I think Kyle Shanahan this year was. I I guess we can put the uh, Greg Roman and Andy Reid up there because I think Obviously, we saw what the Chiefs did, but sticking with the Niners and Shanahan and that offense and how they built this team to get to that point, is it something we can emulate? When we look at the Bengals, are we saying they're closer to the Niners? They can do what the Niners are doing. I think there's some key trends here that they may have to follow with the 49ers, one being they're more than likely to pay Joe Mixon. The Niners are also spending a lot at at, running back with some free agent acquisitions. Not that they have even needed them, right? Raheem mostert was probably their most effective guy all year, and he was the guy that was an undrafted uh, running back, as that's the argument for for it. But if the Bengals are going to pay Mixon, they're going to be in a similar situation uh, putting assets at that spot. But the 49ers were built off this year the running game, the misdirection on offense, which I think the Bengals definitely want to do and want to do under Zach Taylor, and the defense in the defensive line and having the ability to spend that many first round not just first rounders right top 10 premium picks uh, premium of the premium blue chip prospects Brenston Buckner um Arik Armstead Solomon Thomas Nick Bosa
1: I'm forgetting someone aren't I Oh well, they got D Ford from the Chiefs Right they traded for D Ford they got Sheldon Day on waivers from Jacksonville they they got Anthony Zettel. He played for the Bengals this year. I don't That's think right. he played in the Super Bowl though. No. You say, Brenston Buckner,
0: DeForest, not Brenston. You remember Brenston Buckner? No, I don't know. You don't who remember that is.
1: him? Oh man, I used to get him in like Madden O two all the time. So not Brenston Buckner, but instead DeForest Buckner was an early first round pick. Of course, Nick Bosa. Of course, early first round pick. But you go through the defense. You go through the offense, both sides of this ball are filled with premium draft picks and acquisitions from other teams. So on defense, of course, we just talked about D. Ford was a big trade with Kansas City, of course, and Sheldon Day waiver claim. Then you look in the second level, Quan Alexander, yeah, he got hurt. He came back for the playoffs, was a huge unrestricted free agency signing, got way more money than I thought he would. And that's something that we should keep in mind when we're looking ahead at this year's free agency, Ed Linebacker. But then Fred Warner, a third-round pick from a couple years ago who fell probably a little bit later than he should have. Mm -hmm. Dre Greenlaw, this year, he's a rookie. Fifth-round pick. Played really well for a rookie linebacker for them. And then the secondary, Richard Sherman, the big acquisition on one side of the field. But then again, premium picks across the board the rest of the way, Jaquiski Tart, a second round pick, Jimmy Ward, a first round pick, Akello Witherspoon, a third round pick. So they're just littered with day two, day one picks and free agent acquisitions. And on the
0: offensive side, we've done this before when we talked about uh, did we yeah, we had to have one early in the playoffs. It was Jimmy Garoppolo and Tevin Coleman and Jarek McKinnon, also a running back. Mm-hmm. Uh, Kyle Juszczyk at fullback, who both these teams had a fullback out there. I don't know if you noticed that. We should probably mention that for those people who want one. I'm not against it after watching them. None of them are Kyle Juszczyk out there, right? I mean, that guy's pretty special as, as it goes. Uh, Emmanuel Sanders they traded for at receiver. Lakin Tomlinson, Weston Richburg, Mike Person. There's a couple other offensive linemen, too. Basically, the 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 trend carries over. They spent a lot of resources and time bringing in veterans from other teams in order to maximize this roster.
1: And their lowest draft pick on the offensive side of the ball that's starting is George Kittle, who's obviously dramatically outpaced his fifth round draft expectations to be one of the best tight ends in the NFL. And I think let's quickly talk about the fullback note, right? Because fullbacks in the NFL have evolved. If you can get a Kyle Ustrak who can run routes and move the way he does, catch the way he does, and also be effective as a blocker, I mean, that's a special player. And having George Kittle and Kyle Juszczyk on the same team, I mean, what a what a rare combination of players that do a lot of the same things very well at slightly different positions, right? And Kittle's obviously more of a game-breaker than Juszczyk is, but you saw Juszczyk last night and how effective he could be. And that's especially as a receiver, because when he's on the field, he's a good enough blocker, but then you you have to cover him. You have to respect him out of the backfield and he made, he made the Chiefs pay. Yeah, that's not just picking
0: up any old fullback that may be out there yeah. on the waivers, right? That's a guy who has made multiple Pro Bowls, who is the highest-paid fullback in the league. He's one of the highest-paid running backs in the league overall. Uh, so he's a weapon, and they use him. And a lot of their offense is built off the combination of Kittle and check just just what you said. Uh, so, yes, so looking at the Niners and looking at how the Bengals, or at least what, what, what they're built like right now, and that I think, A lot of this premise what we're going to do today is off the idea that they will select Joe Burrow, right? Mm -hmm. And that's going to change their offense and how their offense is run. I don't think they're able to be the 49ers. And I say that first because they've missed recently on too many first-round picks. And where the Niners did not, and even if they maybe did a little bit on Solomon Thomas, they hit on those other D linemen that it made up for it. Had the Bengals have hit on Billy Price or missed on Price and we already knew Jonah Williams was good. Or... Missed on Ross and we knew Billy Price was good or William Jackson was playing at an elite level. We'd be okay with one miss in there is my point. But they just don't have that young core of premium talent that's just going to come in and we can quickly turn that thing around. I think this is still a couple years off of them hitting those picks. Uh, Having said that, the Niners are paying a lot of money for Jimmy Garoppolo, where the Bengals should have a little bit of advantage. That's another difference to where I feel like the Bengals may have an advantage and that's weird saying over a team that just went to the Super Bowl, but obviously resources and cap allocation is a big part, and we've seen a lot of teams take advantage of that rookie contract, at quarterback.
1: Yeah, the 49ers, if the Bengals want to get to the playoffs the way the 49ers have gotten there, that's a three-year project, right? Yeah. You're getting your quarterback this year, great. Maybe you're not. If you want to do it the 49ers way, you're going to trade for, I don't know, who who's out there right now. Maybe uh, – cam newton or something i don't know somebody that isn't a top tier quarterback but has some juice if he it doesn't matter who you're trading for somebody like jimmy garoppolo and then you're taking three years right yeah, it to, would... to draft in the top five or something and then you can go draft your deforest buckner your nick bosa you know you can draft your mike mcglinchey and then you have yep. to hit on all these other guys too. And then after those three years, you have to be like, okay, now I'm going to go sign Quan Alexander and Richard Sherman and Lakin and Tomlinson, and I'm going to trade for Emmanuel Sanders because I need a receiver because AJ Green's 35 now. And and so it's just a long process, I think, if you want to get from where the Bengals are now to where the 49ers are now. And it's not necessarily the quickest way to, to, to play off potential success, right?
0: And I think if the Bengals were going to try to emulate it, it would be like, okay, we're going to sign Teddy Bridgewater and draft Chase Young. Yeah. Right. Because then you're like, okay, because if you had to trade for Teddy and give up a second round pick right now, that'd probably be the equivalent. Twenty six years old Garoppolo, 26 year old Teddy. You're like, okay, well, you know, this guy's okay, but we're going to need to really build around him and we're going to have to give him a good contract right away. So it changes the whole dynamic of what you're building. Uh, and I just don't think, like I said, the previous drafts for the Bengals kind of make that a scary proposition to try and jump right in. The Niners felt they hit their drafts and their window was going to be really opening very soon, even though they picked second last year in the draft. Uh, so, yeah, I think it's a little bit harder, but I think if that's the way they want it to go, that's how they Bengals don't do anything fully or really with a lot of confidence. So signing Bridgewater and drafting Young would be that way. And I don't I just wouldn't feel as good about it
1: yeah it, but it would be like they would have also had to have picked you know really good players at the top of the first round the last three years, too, and they haven't. Right, exactly so right. They, it would be, like you said, they either need to go back in time and do better, or they need to take two more years and and also actually do better in the draft. That's the big thing. The roster right now, as it stands, needs too much help in too many spots, or needs too many guys to take leaps that you can't really predict in order to get to where the 49ers are because they've had success in free agency uh, and in the trade market. I mean, Lakin Tomlinson, Emmanuel Sanders, those trade acquisitions were huge. And Richard Sherman, Quan Alexander, big acquisitions. They also have Mike Person, the, the sorry, uh, Ben Gardland, the only offensive lineman we didn't talk about, he started mm-hmm. at center for them in the Super Bowl. Yep, yeah,
0: because Richburg went down. So having right. that,
1: you know, think of... Do the Bengals have
0: a veteran? It would be like John Jerry stepping in and playing really well, right? Uh, But I guess on a younger John Jerry stepping in, the Bengals don't typically go and sign a backup veteran from another team. If they're signing a guy, it's because they've got a few open spots they're targeting.
1: Yeah, and I think that the other thing that we probably should mention here is that there has to be some credit given to the 49ers coaching staff, right? You have a guy, Dre Greenlaw... Wasn't significantly on our draft radar last year. Comes out of nowhere to be one of the best rookie linebackers in the league. Fifth round pick, George Kittle, fifth round pick. So you, you give some credit to the scouting department in the front office, John Lynch for sure. I mean, he won executive of the year. Did he win executive of the year this year?
0: Yeah, he had to. If it wasn't last
1: year. So he he's hit on these first round picks. Eric Armstead, DeForest Buckner, Nick Bosa, uh, Jimmy Ward, and they've kept Joe Staley. Joe Staley's really the only old dog on this roster. But Mike McGlinchey, another hit, right? Debo Samuel, second round hit. Akella Witherspoon, third round hit. So he's hit on these draft picks. He's gone out, made the free agency acquisitions. He's made the trades. He's used every tool available to them to build this roster. And that's what it took. So good work from the front office here. But then the coaches use the guys of their strengths and develop the talent. And there's got to be some of that from the Bengals if they want to get anywhere. Yeah, and we
0: still have questions about that from the Bengals' side uh,
1: at, until they win, right? As of right now,
0: we're questioning it. But if they you know, go on a run like the Niners did, going from drafting second to drafting now 31st, we would feel much differently also.
1: I would love it if the Bengals are picking 31st. We have got another team that's picking 32nd to talk about, though, and they might actually be a closer fit for something the Bengals could do a little bit more quickly. So we'll talk about that here in just a minute. Want to go see your Cincinnati Reds this spring during spring training? Well, Arizona is a great place to go.
0: Not only see baseball, but to see everything else. And if you go down there and go down for the Cactus League, they've got – 10 stadiums, 15 MLB teams, 75-degree temperatures. All 10 stadiums are in the greater Phoenix area within 50 miles.
1: Yeah, you can go down and see your Reds in Goodyear Park down there. Or maybe, we've talked about it before, you're into the craft beer. They've got Four Peaks, Angel's Trumpet Ale House, Goldwater Brewing Company, all known for great beer. Or maybe you're into hiking. Maybe you want to get out in the desert for the numerous national parks down there. Go up to the Grand Canyon. And if you do the canyon, make sure you bring enough water because it's the way back. Unlike most hikes, that's challenging. It's easy going down, hard coming up. Kind of the opposite of the Bengals. We had a hard time with this bad year and we're going to come up next year. So go on down to Arizona. Take yourself a little spring break. Plan your getaway at visitarizona.com slash springtraining.
0: And your 2019 Super Bowl champion, Kansas City Chiefs,
1: who haven't won in a long
0: time, Jake. I think that is part of the fun here and part of the comparable. Super Bowl, what, four, I believe it was for them last time? It's been 50 years. It's been a long time. Um, But looking at them, obviously carried by Patrick Mahomes, I think, and Andy Reid. That pairing, obviously, has been tremendous since... Mahomes took over last year, won an MVP in his first year starting, and then culminating in a Super Bowl MVP in year three. It's just been a perfect marriage for them. That's what we're looking for. That's what gets us excited for Joe Burrow, that opportunity that if he's truly special, now we don't know if we have Andy Reid, obviously, but uh, we've seen other pairings of coach and quarterback be similarly successful. So that's what we're hoping to get out of it. But looking at the Chiefs and looking how they got here this year, It was really a lack of a running game, even though they rushed for 140-something yards in the Super Bowl, and Damian Williams broke off a couple and had a nice catch for a touchdown also. They obviously put that to the backseat, right, the running game all year long. Whether it was um, starting last year, I think, releasing um, Kareem Hunt, like just cold turkey, you know, after his incident, and not really replacing him, they did. Signed Shady McCoy in the array as cutdowns happened, but he was a healthy scratch. They spent a late late round pick on Darwin Thompson. They just really went with Damian Williams, who was a former undrafted guy waived by the Dolphins at one point. Um, they just, you know, it it wasn't really a, a priority for them all year, and instead they loaded up at receiver and weapons for Mahomes. And I think that's what makes me want to kind of emulate that, even though we have Joe Mixon in Stripes and Giovanni Bernard. You kind of look at the receiving core. If they bring back A.J. Green, if you can get a little bit of if, – even if John Ross is playing a Miko Hardman role, right, you feel like they have a comparable skill set to match up. Maybe they don't have the Travis Kelsey, but – I think, uh, yeah, and someone asked us on Twitter today when we do the the Mock Draft Mondays, why do we target tight end so often or talk about tight end? Do we really need it? We don't. I just think it's one of the biggest mismatches in the game in football. And you look at who ended up in the Super Bowl, right? What are the trends? What are the, the similar threads? Both had maybe the two best tight ends in the league. Both had fullbacks that they actively went out. Now, Juszczyk is much better than Anthony Sherman. But the the Chiefs did trade for Anthony Sherman at fullback. From the Arizona Cardinals. So there may be some trend there.
1: Yeah, and and think about the last, you know, Patriots dynasty years of Super Bowls. Rob Gronkowski, big part of that dynasty, right? I mean, yes, it existed before and after Gronk, but he was a big, big part of it. And many of those teams also use fullbacks. And I'm not saying that you need a fullback to win a Super Bowl. I mean, I think that's silly, but you take offensive weapons where you can get them and mismatch creators where you can get them. And if you have a guy, those positions, that can create mismatches that can be reliable for your quarterback. That's a big comfort thing and it's a it's a big weapon to have. And the Chiefs are loaded with weapons, right? You've got a quarterback on a rookie deal and their fourth, fifth, I mean their entire receiving core is just fast, right? Tyree Kill, Demarcus Robinson, Byron Pringle, Sammy Watkins, Nicole Hardman. Those dudes yeah. are all blazers, straight up. You got one of the best tight ends in the league. And you look at the way they got these guys, a lot of draft capital spent, for sure, at wide receiver, but they're finding speed guys in later rounds, right? Tyree Kill, fifth-round pick. To Marcus Robinson, fourth-round pick. Byron Pringle, college free agent. Hardman is their earliest pick with the with second-round pick. And then Sammy Watkins, of course, they go out and they fill a need for a playmaker in free agency. To add to that, their offensive line largely built Well, not largely built. I guess that's not quite fair to say. But Mitchell Schwartz is one of their better offensive line players, despite the tough night he had against Nick Bosa. And he comes from Cleveland as an unrestricted free agent.
0: Other offensive linemen, Cameron Irving, a trade from Cleveland. Stefan Wisniewski, who was a waiver from the 49ers. um, Austin Reiter at center. Again, waiver from Cleveland. They have built this offensive line outside of Eric Fisher, who was the obviously number one pick in 2013. They've really done late round or made veteran acquisitions to secure that. And I mean, that offense is loaded with late round picks that have really turned into something special. Terry Hill And I think uh, Duvernay tardif at, at right guard, one of the better ones in the league. When you get that and you got two guys that look at the Bengals roster, Do they have two players that are late round picks on the offense that are starting, and you're like, I feel really good about them. I, Auden Tate, maybe, but he's definitely no Tyree Kill or anything, right? Not not even close to that right now. So, uh, no, they don't. They're not getting those late-round guys that are coming in and giving you that big boost in production or play. Uh, unexpected. You need some of that. That's a bonus, what, first, second-round pick, if you look at it like that, of where you would you know value that guy now. So, uh, Bengals need
1: some of those coming up shortly. I think that something that's probably noteworthy here is that some of these guys without Patrick Mahomes at quarterback aren't the guys that they are right like Sammy Watkins has all the talent in the world but has never really put it together for an extended period of time even Even with right Patrick Mahomes yeah but Mikko Hartman, Demarcus Robinson, Byron Pringle they all come in when they've needed to come in this year Tyree Kill had an injury Sammy Watkins missed some time these guys come in this, unre- this undrafted free agent, Byron Pringle, and, and fourth-round pick, Marcus Robinson, and second-round rookie, Miko Hardman, who I think many people, maybe not many people, some people probably thought, why are the Chiefs picking another fast receiver in the second round? They come in, and the offense doesn't miss a beat, right? Byron right. Pringle had a huge fantasy week, I remember. I think I might have... Might have used him for one week or something when those guys were out because the quarterback is elevating the offense in a huge way. And it happened again last night. You talked about them running for 140-something yards. Three first downs come from Patrick Mahomes' legs. Mm-hmm. The quarterback yeah. running the football matters. Yeah, you, you, your running game Matt, So, But look at the running back, right? Damian Williams. Who, who, who's Damian Williams? You needed Joe Mixon. I mean, not to knock Joe Mixon, Joe Mixon last night saying, I'm going to carry this team to the bowl. And I Let's love do that. it, yeah. But you don't need him, right? You don't need the elite running back. Neither team is spending money on a running back, and that is the sad nature of the position. I think the other part we can
0: look at this and say, there's not many premium picks spent on offense outside of Mahomes and Eric Fisher. Quarterback, left tackle. If we're looking Kelsey. at the Bengals, Kelsey, a third-round pick. Fine. Yeah. That, that's fair. Uh, but that's it, right? Kelsey Hardman. has a third. Hardman, sure, if he's playing it. I'm looking at the starting lineup. But, yes, if you want to count yeah. Hardman as a second. Still, even then, the Bengals have way more premium picks oh, yeah. dumped into their offensive side of the ball and are not getting the same return. But it's probably because a quarterback. If Burrow right. hits, all of a sudden, we know this. The Bengals have the potential. All of a sudden, they're throwing all these weapons and Mixon's running wide open lanes, and yeah. things are going to look much different uh, really quickly. But then you flip to the defensive side, and that's where they have spent some of their picks. Just looking at the D-line with Casanova, uh, Chris Jones, who I thought had a fantastic game. A Bunch great. of pass breakups and, and pressures. He's a free agent. We talked about him. Or did we? No, because we didn't get to the Chiefs yet. But, and then Derek Nottie, uh, those are second round, second round, third round. That's premium players. They also drafted Kalen Saunders this past year in the third round. They picked up Terrell Suggs as a fr- – no, waiver claim. Yeah, he got out of that that yeah, with that contract with the Cardinals. They traded for Frank Clark on the right end. They really prioritized their defensive line, and I think that stands out because when you get to their linebackers again, maybe kind of like the 49ers, 49ers got better play with Frank or um, Fred Warner and then uh, Dre Greenlaw, they did go out and spend for Quan Alexander. Kind of you can debate whether or not they needed to or not because they, I'm sure they didn't expect Greenlaw to play the way he did. But they got good play out of their linebackers, whereas the Chiefs, two unrestricted free agents, Damian Wilson, Anthony Hitchens from the Cowboys. Players the Cowboys didn't feel they needed. They upgraded with draft picks very shortly after getting rid of uh, uh, Hitchens. Traded for Reggie Ragland from the Bills, who the Bills they really didn't care about after he was a second-round bust from Alabama. There's really nothing here. Darren Lee also, we talked about him, a trade from the Jets. They're low-priority, man, for linebackers, for the Chiefs. Instead, they spent a lot of free agent, uh, money and trade assets on the secondary.
1: Yeah, and that secondary and pass rush is increasingly what seems to matter if you listen to the analytics as a PFF. I think there's a really interesting debate around the value of an off-ball linebacker. And I might want to get Matt Minnick on here to talk about that because he's looking at things from a coach's perspective, and he was one of the people when I highlighted the Dan Horde Bengals Booth podcast episode that talked about this with uh, PFF. uh, Austin Gale was on the podcast with him, said the Bengals drafting a linebacker at the top of the second round would be a colossal waste of resources, is essentially what he said, right? And so I think that's worth exploring. I don't know if I agree with it or not, but I think that increasingly there's just a a mountain of evidence that says you build your secondary, you build a pass rush and, and Steve Spagnuolo did a great job of hiding these linebackers last night. I remember Reggie Ragland got torched once and, Mm -hmm. you know, there might be a couple other a handful of plays out there. Anthony Hitchens probably got beat, you know, in coverage at some point, but these are not good linebackers and, they, they held the 49ers in this potent run game yeah six and a half yards per carry but no you know no 80 yard touchdown runs right, right. they' there's they're they're containing it and they got the stop at the end of the game when they needed to right and this yeah you could say the 49ers should have should have run the ball there but Kyle Shanahan is calling plays against what the defense is showing and you go look at those two plays on that drive Jimmy Garoppolo had open receivers and he's just not as mm-hmm. good a quarterback he, he needs to be better. He needs to make his reads faster. He needs to identify what's coming at him faster and hit these guys that are wide open on these plays because they're not bad calls. Yeah, maybe you can run the ball there and pick it up anyway, but the passing calls aren't bad calls there. But the point is where we started this is they spent assets to pick up Charverius Ward in a trade. They go sign Tyran Matthews, an unrestricted free agent. Huge chess piece, right? Yeah. Tyran Matthew makes a huge difference. Bershad Breeland, unrestricted free agent from Green Bay. Kendall Fuller, part of that Alex Smith trade. And then the only guy in their secondary that they actually drafted, signed as a college free agent, Daniel Sorensen, who's maybe their worst player in the secondary.
0: Yeah, and they also traded for Morris Claiborne, was a depth yep. corner. And who's the, who's the safety they drafted? Our guy. Of... Oh,
1: he's on the injured reserve. Um, yeah, what's his name? Von Juan Thornhill, yes, that's
0: right. Who I, from what I understand, is starting to. He was replacing Sorensen at that spot. Imagine that secondary, man. It could have been even better because Sorensen was is the guy that gets targeted when they do. But point being is one guy, Sorensen, and he is a uh, college free agent. Yeah. Where are their? They didn't spend any of those picks on that, and if they did, they didn't work out, and they they lost Nick Nelson to the Steelers last year. Was their nickel guy replaced him with Traveris Ward, whoever the hell that is, right? Uh, Trade from the from the Cowboys.
1: Point is, where are their first round picks? Like you look at their entire roster, it's Patrick Mahomes.
0: That's it. They've missed a lot of high premium picks, and it's really Mahomes carrying them.
1: What does that sound like? Sounds like the Bengals
0: a lot, but except for all the free agent acquisitions and trades, right?
1: So what does that tell us?
0: They have to do it. They have to do it. They don't have a choice. If That'll be as as far as we know, right? It, you're always questioning, how do we know things are different? How do we know things are changing? Free agency is the easy one to point to because we can't tell drafts for a couple of years, right? You, you always can't tell after the first year of the draft or a free agent signing. Sometimes, you know, a Preston Brown resigning. you're like, eh, right off the bat, I don't like it, but... Let's see how it goes, because they really need a linebacker. But we saw within eight weeks. I think free agency, if they don't go out and get a – it doesn't have to be – doesn't have to be Tyron Matthew. I know we're looking at both these teams, and there's a Richard Sherman. There's a Matthew. There's there's some big-name players, Mitchell Schwartz at tackle. Maybe it does have to be. I, lately I've been saying, oh, they don't need to go get that tier one guy. Oh, no, but they do. But, but they do. As I go through these teams that made it, They all, at some point, go and dip in and say, okay, they identify the guy that's going to fit, and we don't care how much he costs. He fits. Let's get him.
1: You know who it is this year, according to PFF? Byron Jones, a corner from Dallas. I
0: like Byron Jones.
1: I'd be cool with it. That's a very solid starting corner at the second most valuable position in football, according to PFF's model, which is a topic of great debate lately. And that's something that we're going to have to get into, right? We're going to have to start talking about positional value. There's a lot of data, though. There's a lot of data behind this now. And a big reason for a lot of this stuff is because when you have a penalty, it just nullifies so much of the good stuff you can do. And and a defensive end, even if you're getting pressures and forcing some sacks and some incomplete passes, A quarterback can make all that up with a 35-yard touchdown throw, right? So that's where this value disparity comes from that's so hard to reconcile in such a team sport with so much interdependence from one player to another. So that's stuff that we'll have to get into this offseason. That's going to do it for this episode of the Lockdown Bengals podcast. So we will be back tomorrow. Get a look at some free agents. It's been a, a week at least. So we're going to look at some more free agent targets for the Bengals tomorrow. So until then, Bengals fans, have a good one.